Namaste. We are with Gautam ji once again for today's podcast. Gautam, thank you so much for your time. Most welcome. Na? Gautam, today I wanted to do a very very fundamental and important topic with you, and I feel this could pretty much be a very important roadmap for many aspiring devotees of Baba. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, A few years ago I had come across a beautiful article by Robert Adams the Advaita teacher right in which he had made a very clear distinction on the types of devotees that exist mm-hmm. so how he classified it is he said there are the beginners the seekers then uh, he said there are the disciples and then the highest is the devotees mm-hmm. now in some circles the words are interchanged for devotee and disciple we'll put that aside mm. but he gave some characteristics of these uh three types and i found it particularly helpful in my journey and i thought if we could just have a discussion around this hopefully there are some very nice pointers uh sincere devotees could take from it Right. So Gautam how he said it was there are in the beginners there are the seekers who essentially explore different paths explore different teachings mm-hmm. and uh, this journey may actually go on for various lifetimes. Right. And then he said uh, comes the stage where a seeker will then become a disciple where he will either come to one teaching or one master and settle down essentially on that path so if it is bhakti then it's only bhakti if it is uh, say vipassana then it's only that and he will not jump about from every teacher that he could go to or every talk in town mm-hmm. and then he said the highest stage is the devotee where that devotee is committed to the master and the only interest uh, of that person is to serve the master and even forget self realization has no desire or will of their own their only thing is to serve the master and be in the master's presence mm-hmm. and he gave a beautiful example of bhagwan raman's devotee who used to fan him for 50 years he never spoke a word he would just stand there next to him all day mm-hmm. and fan him and one day he dropped dead the devotee and bhagwan said he's not coming back Right. So he gave that example and I felt uh, from the devotees we have known on the channel like I the ones that are intimately connected with Baba. You know there are some characteristics people can see wherever they are on their journey and there's a lot to take away from this. Mm-hmm. So I thought if we could talk about this. Sure we can. Um you know the way I look at it is let's take a seeker's journey with baba and what these three stages mean now as you said the seeking could be such that baba is one of the masters you are interested in his teaching and following him and there are others as well then what happens is like you said again you focus only on baba's teaching because that appeals to you the most yes So after you have looked around, imbibed and absorbed different messages what different masters have said, you've settled in on one master. Now comes the third stage of being a devotee. 
you see now and in this case we know that baba is not in form anymore so how can one be a devotee and what is it being a devotee if one is living and breathing the master's teaching hmm. then one is a devotee you see so that means every aspect of your life and in fact we recently covered the law of attraction and that is a great example because it relates to this point now if you are anchored in baba's words and teaching and everything in your life morning to evening all the events that transpire you are viewing and acting as per the teaching then you are devotee yes so for example very simple example let's say baba says do not bark at anyone as if they are dogs if you are living that you are a devotee if you have studied that understood that and it makes sense to you at an intellectual level but yet you find you're losing your temper you're rude to people you're still a disciple correct so this is a very important leap from being the disciple to being the devotee the devotee lives the teaching the disciple has certainly absorbed the teaching there is definitely an intent on the disciple's part because he or she has been drawn to it yeah. he or she understands yes what baba says makes sense i should not be rude to anyone i should see baba's form but it has not yet sunk into the heart correct and that is also natural that's a process you see because we have years and years of conditioning behind us so it takes time for that conditioning the old conditioning to be replaced by the new conditioning yeah so it is a process it's not like there's one batch of people who are disciples one batch who are devotees it's actually an internal process which robert is pointing out too that don't get stuck on being a disciple because the growth is from the disciple stage to the devotee stage yes now the other point is we are saying that the devotee lives the teaching because now in this case the form of the master is not here in the flesh yes so what spontaneously happens with devotees if you see if you have experiences of meeting living masters you will find that he or she has a group of volunteers who have offered a large part of their time in seva why because they have been impacted so much they want to offer back they obviously cannot offer back spiritual wisdom because that is what they have received correct so what is the next best thing you can offer the lifespan you have been given the intellect you have been given the abilities you have been given so you offer that back to the master to the teaching so you are of some service in spreading the teaching so that others may benefit too yes now in the case of a living master that offering could be in terms of spreading the teaching or in looking after the master if he needs looking after you see that is circumstantial but even uh the ancient masters of india have said like if you have a guru everyone in the guru's family everyone connected with the guru you have to treat them all with the same level of respect and love yes that was the reverence given to the guru now that only happens when one is a true devotee because at the disciple stage 
it may not still be in one's awareness that you know this must flow also from me to the master so this is what robert adams according to me is trying to point out the different stages i feel gotham uh, the very awareness of this once it seeps in it will bring if not the acceleration or at least it will give them a clear road map that this is the direction i am going forward in yes and gotham talking of masters and being at of their service uh, there is one thing i have observed and in fact even robert had spoken about this he said today in and he said this in the 1990s today it's even more uh, exaggerated than that time is there are more masters at every corner some of them are obviously not real masters mm-hmm. but he said it is important for the devotee to have not a relationship with the master where they see them once a year at a retreat and in their minds think they've ticked the box that oh i have a master i mean okay that is fine but he said the relationship he emphasized on was where there is a personal relationship as you beautifully said earlier that the inner circle where they serve the master they are impacted by the teaching and that is the sort of relationship if one has then they could say we are devotees because if they just see the master on a stage and believe oh you know he is my guru and uh, that is it on one level that is fine but it is really that inner circle of those devotees who have spent time with the master and the master knows exactly what is going on in their lives so it is not like oh we just meet every 6 months and uh, then they go back to their own lives so could you talk about that aspect a little bit well that also is circumstantial in the sense uh, you know i'll give you an example with my teacher ramesh ji there was a lawyer from sweden he was perhaps in the top 10 in sweden of the top 10 of his practice he was quite wealthy he had other businesses also yes now because of his commitments to law because he was such a busy man he would still take time come out to bombay maybe once a year twice a year and be at the feet of his master now beyond that he could not do much because he could only come down for 2 3 days so what did he do when he went back he liked a particular book of ramesh ji called sin and guilt yes small book he offered his time to translate that book in the swedish language because he felt his fellow swedish brothers and sisters would greatly benefit from the message in that book yes so although he was thousands of miles away this is how the seva was returned he had no interest he didn't need the money he didn't care whether the book sold or not he did what he thought he should do because this message impacted him he wanted to share it so what i'm trying to say is even if one can't physically be there for circumstantial reasons that doesn't mean one can't do seva exactly exactly that is the main thing and this is i'm going back to the pre internet days i'm talking about and uh, the see the intent is there and that should actually arise naturally because in his case obviously he was so deeply impacted that he wanted to share 
and my teacher saw this because when we did uh, we published this book called peace and harmony in daily living in the year 2003 hmm ramesh ji dedicated the book to goran goran was his name because he could see the sincerity correct you see so that is what uh, is actually a devotee's seva if you ask me and uh, gotam then one other aspect i see which is very close to this is the settling down on one path say if it is a young aspirant and initially find they're exploring different paths you know they'll come to baba they'll go to a few other teachers teachings and for some time that is fine but ultimately then to settle down on one path and uh, many ask that what is the crux of what himama and i have and i say see it is that love in their heart for baba mm-hmm. i mean literally their whole existence is baba right. it is not that you ever imagine i is interested in reading books or they you know they have any other interests of that sort mm-hmm. so you know while initially a little bit maybe fine you know a little bit of reading a little bit of you know practices but ultimately then one has to settle down yeah it is like uh, nisargadatta maharaj said that to get water from the land you don't dig shallow wells all over the land but rather one deep well hmm you see that is uh, what he had said uh also what tends to happen is when initially of course when we are exploring teachings we start comparing them i have experienced this myself many people write to me telling me oh this master said so and so what are your views on it now that is not fair that is not fair to that person that is not fair to me and that is not fair to the seeker correct you see because if you are following one teaching you decide what your views are on it based on your mind intellect whether it satisfies you whether you see your life being transformed but what the mind tends to do is it tends to accumulate in this case various concepts and teachings and then pit one against the other and start judging them correct that is the maya of the mind you see now i would like to add something here specifically in relation to baba and this is a a feeling which i have been feeling hmm see a lot of sai baba's teachings are pure gnana yoga yes now over the course of time mostly it's been his chamatkars and miracles which have drawn the people i do feel that a different time has now come where baba's teachings will not only be known but spread based on his teachings of gnana yoga correct if you just look at chapter 4 of the satcharita on which we have done a short commentary hmm. while i have focused on a story the whole beginning section if you read is all gnana yoga yes so i do feel that that is why i keep using this phrase living the teaching now someone like hemama and i they are, like i is of a simple mindset yes the way she will live it is through her heart because she takes baba's words as the command but there may be a different set of people today perhaps youngsters perhaps someone more inclined to the path of knowledge who will now be exposed to baba's words of wisdom on this correct and then how he absorbs them imbibes them and lives them he or she 
that is also living the teaching so that you know all these options are placed before us by the same master by the same teaching and they are not really two different paths jnana and bhakti hmm what is it jnana is saying that nobody does anything everyone is an instrument of the divine and what is bhakti saying bhakti saying is love the god in everyone correct are they any different they are not the essence is the same but some are inclined to jnana some are inclined to bhakti point is that either way it is living the teaching hmm. either through bhakti or through jnana you have to look at those people who are shining examples of living the teaching gautam regardless of one's inclination whether it is knowledge or bhakti the thing the devotee will have in common between these two classes is that baba comes first right and uh, essentially that is what i see in common with all the intimate devotees mm-hmm. that despite their practices or anything you know their whole existence is baba to serve him as you said or whatever it is right and uh, i just keep coming back to this one thing that by the very knowledge of this uh, and the very remembrance of this fact it can take one very far on their journey for example if one is a young uh, seeker because a lot of energy otherwise may just be expelled jumping from one path and could make someone in fact even more lost or restless reading 50 books and you know sharpening the mind more yeah uh, trying to gain more knowledge because essentially the devotees are pretty much empty because that is when they get what baba is giving them Yeah but uh, see when one is young it is the age of adventure and exploration so i think that is not something someone who is inclined to that can avoid yes what will happen is at a certain point in their journey they hopefully will reach a stage where they ask so far whatever i have imbibed has it made a difference to my life yes out of the five teachings i've gone to five masters i've visited is there one who has touched me more deeply than the others yes this is the stage where there can be the transformation from the seeker to the disciple now it is not necessary that this happens i will tell you i gave a talk in pune mm-hmm. and there was a man around 60 years old and his question was exactly this he said i have done so many practices i have met so many masters and i've done pranic healing and i've done reiki and i've done tarot and i've done numerology and i've studied astrology and i've been to uh, advaita teachers i've been to bhakti masters and so on he went on with the long list hmm and he said how do i know and this was a very sincere question how do i know which one is for me yes so i said you should have asked this question to yourself 20 years ago because at least then you would have known what am i looking for see if i know i am looking for an object when i get that object my search is over correct most people don't ask this question and as my teacher would say hmm. what everyone on the spiritual path is looking for whether they know it or not is peace of mind right 
so i told him i said now do you agree with me that what you are looking for fundamentally is the end of the seeking because you've been doing it for now god knows what age he started but he was 60 correct and the seeking will end when you are at peace so now review all the practices you did all the teachers you met and ask yourself this question which one gave me more peace now you may come to this conclusion after this investigation in which case you go back to that one that specific one and drop the others or you may feel that actually i have not felt at peace with anyone with any practice now continue the search but knowing now i know what i am looking for that is very important you see so let's take hmm someone whether they are 30 years old whether they are 60 years old and let's say they've come to baba's teaching ask yourself has this teaching given me peace and solace obviously i'm drawn to it and then go deeper into the teachings investigate further into the teachings read the satcharita underline sentences which you know impact you so you can look at them again and live that live that teaching yes that is the way to like maharaj said dig deeper in one place rather than shallow wells all over the place and you see the main thing is when you are absorbed in one master's teaching that becomes the content of your consciousness you see your entire consciousness morning to evening will be full of that vibration that is being a devotee if you think of your master all the time your devotee that's what happens so i hope uh, this is some helpful pointers that uh, devotees can reflect on and there's something for them to take away gautam is there something else you would share that maybe i've not asked you anything you would like to add um not really but uh, i mean i would like to use you as a case in point you know today there is so much in terms of uh, technological skills avenues available to share teachings social media yes uh, digital technologies they are great opportunities for seva so i would like to say this especially for your younger audience that if they are moved by your channel by your videos by any channel let's say on sai baba for example offer your services offer your time because you know you will enjoy it you will love what you are doing you will enjoy it and it's a great contribution to make because you're helping your fellow brothers and sisters discover what you discovered that's all i'd like to say Yeah, so those who are inclined, who've been impacted, are welcome to get in touch. And you know, there actually is a lot of work that you know we could do some help with. So if anybody would like to, I mean, they they are welcome to write to us. So Gautam, thank you so much uh, for your time and for your wisdom on this very important topic. My pleasure, Nick. Yeah, and hopefully we can continue these series of conversations with you. God willing, God willing. Yeah, Baba willing. <laughs> okay, take care. Bye. Thank you. Thank you, Gautam.